0: As a kid and as a teenager, I was fascinated with the apocalypse. I saw the 1976 movie, The Omen, with Gregory Peck. It was about the Antichrist who was born to the American ambassador to Rome, and and the American ambassador to Rome went to England, and then he came back to America, and their kid, the Antichrist, could just kill people by looking at them. I mean, it was a scary movie, The Omen. And then there was the book I read in the 1970s, The Late Great Planet Earth, written by Hal Lindsey, who, by the way, is still living. The guy is 90 years old. The first year that The Late Great Planet Earth came out, it sold 30 million copies. It sold more copies that year than The Joy of Sex. Americans were clearly worried about the apocalypse. And if that wasn't enough, in my senior year of high school, I had to write an original research paper for English class. It was like the the summative project for for senior English. And somehow I managed to convince my poor Blackford County High School senior English teacher to allow me to do an original research on, guess what? The apocalypse. And so (laughs) the title of my paper and I'm not making this up, was 666, an approaching reality. Woven into the fabric of American consciousness, it seems, is a fascination with the apocalypse. And this fascination is informed by a twofold belief. The first is that the world is going to burn, that God's going to completely destroy the world with fire and the second is a belief that christians will will be evacuated before that happens in something called the rapture it's why in kentucky you'll sometimes see this bumper sticker on the back of somebody's car in case of rupture this car will be abandoned (laughs) the idea that the world is going to burn and that christians are going to be raptured is actually one of four one of four one of are you tracking with me four major views about the eschaton and this this idea that the world's going to burn and that Christians are going to be raptured this idea wasn't articulated in Christian history or in the development of the church until the 1800s it took us 1,800 years to come up with this way of interpreting the Bible. It was promoted by theologian J. Nelson Darby and it was made popular in America by the widespread use of the KGV, King James Version, Schofield Reference Bible. There's a word that theologians use for this stuff. It's called eschatology. 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 So eschaton is the Greek word meaning last things. And ology, of course, is the study of. So eschatology is the study of last things. And it typically has to do with death and final judgment and the final destiny of earth and humankind. Gang, eschatology matters. Eschatology matters. Because when you get your eschatology wrong, you often live wrong let me put it this way if if y'all if if y'all are just waiting for evacuation waiting for the rapture because god's going to destroy everything with fire anyway what incentive do y'all have to make anything better and and if you all are just getting out of here before things go south don't you all just end up trying to hold out to the end eschatology matters jesus had some things to say about the eschaton and it's woven into his teaching and preaching about the kingdom of god by way of reminder we're in the middle of a teaching series on the kingdom of god the kingdom of god is the thing that jesus was about in his public ministry the kingdom of god is the thing that jesus preached and taught. Our future, the, the eschaton, the apocalypse, isn't to become an elite group of people who get evacuated before God destroys the earth with fire. Our future is to participate now in the ever expanding kingdom of God that will culminate one day in the restoration of all creation. On the one hand, the kingdom of God is is already here, it's already among us. This, this was what John the Baptist articulated in Mark chapter one, verse fifteen. The time promised by God has come at last, he announced. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. On the other hand, on the other hand, the kingdom of God is not yet fully realized. We see this in Matthew chapter 24, verse 3. Tell us, Lord, when will all this happen? What sign will signal your return and the end of the world? So so God's kingdom is already here right now, right in front of our eyes, but, but God's kingdom is not yet fully realized. Jesus hasn't returned, best of my knowledge. We're going to spend some time the next two weeks in Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13 is chock full of parables about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted good seed in his field. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. The kingdom of heaven is like the yeast a woman used in making bread. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. The kingdom of heaven is like a fishing net that was thrown into the water and caught every kind of fish. The kingdom of heaven, this phrase used in Matthew, is the same thing as the kingdom of God, the phrase used in Mark and Luke. And Jewish people had been waiting for this kingdom to arrive. Man, had they been waiting. And they were hoping, they were hoping to march into Jerusalem, run out the tax collectors and the prostitutes, form an army, and kick out Rome. And Jesus, throughout his entire ministry, says to that idea of the apocalypse, that idea of the kingdom, rather, yeah, not so much. God's kingdom does not advance through force, coercion, or political power. There's a bit of a mystery to it, a bit of hiddenness to it. So let's get into the passage. Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 through 29. Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 to 29. Here's another story Jesus told. The kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted good seed in his field. But that night as the workers slept, his enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat, then slipped away. When the crop began to grow and produce grain, the weeds also grew. The farmer's workers went to him and said, Sir, the field where you planted that good seed is full of weeds. Where did they come from? An enemy has done this. The farmer exclaimed, should we pull out the weeds? They asked, no, no, you'll uproot the wheat if you do. Let both grow together until the harvest. Then I'll tell the harvesters to sort out the weeds, tie them into bundles and burn them and to put the wheat in the barn. This parable is an eschatological parable. Remember that word eschatology, last things? Jesus is talking about the eschaton. He's talking about what's going to happen at the end. And what's, what's one question the farmer's workers have? Should we pull out the weeds? Hey, Jesus, should we pull out the weeds? I'm so grateful for Tim Mackey for this explanation involving, of all things, a weed whacker. Now, a couple of years ago, I transitioned from gas to battery-powered Weed Whackers, and I'm just going to say it's uh, amazing. It's amazing. I mean, can you hear the power here? This is just awesome. Oh, I love it. I love it. So, Let's say, let's say that next year, Janice Huber and some other people from Generations Community Church decide that they want to grow a community flower and vegetable garden. That, that be, because of the pandemic and everybody being cloistered away, that they just want to come together and they want to just have this beautiful, wonderful community flower and vegetable garden. And they, this garden has beautiful roses and petunias and carrots and tomatoes and just, just all kinds of good stuff. But weeds grow up next to all these beautiful things. And and let's say, let's say I decide to help her out one day and bring over my my weed whacker. What's going to happen to that beautiful community garden? Yeah, Yeah, widespread destruction. You know, the word that Jesus uses for weeds, zazanion, is the word that we translate often uh, tares. So sometimes this is referred to as the parable of wheat and tares. Zazanion is a weedy rye grass with poisonous seeds that looks exactly like wheat in its early growth stages. In fact, in the early growth stages, Zazanion is completely indistinguishable from wheat. So go on to Google sometime today and just Google wheat and tares and then Google the images that come up. When you look at the picture, you're gonna be absolutely amazed. You can't tell them apart. When can you tell Zazanion from wheat? At harvest time. That's when and not before. Now, fortunately for us, Jesus gives us the meaning of this parable. Matthew chapter 13, verses 36 to 43. Then, leaving the crowds outside, Jesus went into the house. His disciples said, Please explain to us the story of the weeds in the field. Jesus replied, The Son of Man is the farmer who plants the good seed. The field is is the world, and the good seed represents the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people who belong to the evil one. The enemy who planted the weeds among the wheat is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, and the harvesters are angels. Just as the weeds are sorted out and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the world. The Son of Man will send His angels, and they will remove from His kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. And the angels will throw them into the fiery furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And then the righteous will shine like the sun in their Father's kingdom. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. God is up to something in this world. God is growing wheat god is changing people into wheat and even though god's in charge even though god is king the world is still messed up can 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 i get some agreement here the world is still messed up weeds are everywhere yes yes the kingdom of god is here now but the devil is hard at work so what should we do what should we do hey jesus jesus I've got this neighbor, I've got this coworker, I've got this parent who's a, who's a weed. What should I do? See, if we pick up our weed whacker and we attempt to solve this problem, we're only gonna make things worse. As it turns out, we're not really good telling wheat from weeds. Our job is to grow wheat. And remember, wheat is people. Weeds are people. So, yeah, we'll, we'll probably go to some, <laughs> to some weedy places to bring God's kingdom to those people, but our job here and now is to grow wheat, to partner with God in growing wheat. God's kingdom is here right now. God is growing wheat and wants you and I to partner with him with what he's doing in the world. But one day in the future, this, this day that is not yet here, harvest time will come. And when harvest time comes, There will be no more weeds and no more evil. Eschatology matters. Eschatology matters. Our job now is to participate in the ever expanding kingdom of God that will one day culminate in the restoration of creation. It's what Jesus calls in this parable harvest time. So let me let me ask a couple of questions. First first of all, could you see how an eschatology of escape and destruction might lead people to have a to have a hands-off approach to making things better now could you see how eschatology could affect how you live your life and then and then secondly what usually happens when god's people pick up the weed whacker and become the weed police what what usually happens. Let me give some practical ways that you and I can take this home. First and foremost, just like John the Baptist, just like Jesus, just like Jesus' disciples, we should announce the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is here now. And the way, one way that we can phrase that to family members, to friends, to people that we work with or go to school with is, is, is this phrase right here. God is doing something in the world today. God is doing something in the world today. God is changing people from weeds to wheat. And this wheat gathers all over the world in little communities that encourage the growth of more wheat. And this wheat is still growing. It's been 2,000 years since Jesus came onto the scene and announced the arrival that the kingdom had arrived. And these communities of wheat are are little communities of love and forgiveness. No, they're not perfect, but they're trying to embody and live the way of Jesus. Announce the kingdom of God. And then secondly, resist the temptation to become the weed police. Resist the temptation to become the weed police, the, the moral guardians of society. When we pick up the sword, when we pick up the weed whacker, we end up destroying some of the wheat along with the weeds. And remember, wheat and weeds are people. It's not our job nor our responsibility to pull weeds. If anyone had the right to bring a weed whacker to the scene, it was Jesus. Except, except that Jesus didn't wield that he didn't take the weed whacker to people except perhaps the pharisees the people who were trying to be the weed police so secondly resist the temptation to become the weed police and then lastly i want to suggest to you that caring for creation caring for this planet might actually matter here's what i mean why I I grew up Baptist and, and and I was told you you've got to be born again. You need to have God make you into a new person. And everyone who heard that and talked about that and used that language understood that it was a metaphor. Like I didn't actually go through the birth canal twice, even though I'm born again. So why is it that we assume that being born again, being made new creation is a metaphor? But then when we read about a new heaven and a new earth, we take that literally, oh, God's going to nuke it and then make it all new. Why do we assume that? What if God intends to restore creation, restore what has been broken? Maybe, just maybe, we should stop treating this planet like it's all going to burn. And maybe we should treat this planet like it's going to be here a while. Gang, eschatology matters eschatology matters our job is to partner with god in what he's doing in the world today and and that's god's kingdom and in god's kingdom god is changing weeds into wheat hallelujah and he wants us to partner with him in this mission to grow wheat all the way up to harvest time